We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm steve perich joined as always by dusty evely sarah keller and our special guest today matt schneidman uh dusty sarah i don't care about you guys today matt what's going on with you <laughs> that's rude come on <laughs> it's I'm like you good. never listen to the podcast matt come on <laughs> How are you guys doing? It's always good to good to chat. We're right around the corner. I'm itching for some football. Let's go. I think I think we're all in the same boat. I am also fine, but yes, just give me football at this point. We're what a week <laughs> away from training camp. Just give me football, man. Yes. Yeah, Matt. Always good to have you. I know this has pretty much become an annual tradition now since you joined <laughs> the beat. That we have you on before the season, and we were thinking, you know, before training camp, what are what are the last few things that we should do and you were definitely the first person that came to mind so glad you could make it the last few things you should do i'm glad i'm on the very bottom of your guys <laughs> priority list i appreciate it thanks i mean will he turn me down so it's just you you're the natural <laughs> progression you don't want him anyway it's okay <laughs> uh all right so we're just gonna do some round robin questions here between the three of us and um i'll, I'll start first so I want to know what you're expecting from Rashawn Gary this year. If he's going to take another step up, um, and if that does happen, do you anticipate the Packers trying to lock him down pretty quick, like in the middle of the season? I don't know. I, I think he's definitely set to take another jump. I mean, you look at the progression of just where he was on the depth chart entering the season, fourth his rookie year, third his second year, third again last year. I mean, the, the Zedarius Smith injury thing was kind of finicky there to start the season, but this is the first time he's really been a bona fide number one with that expectation on his shoulders. He's tremendous. I, I mean, I, I'm just starting to see him get some of that love nationally, at least, whether it's the Madden ratings or the, the ESPN uh, polls with anonymous executives that come out. He's a stud. Maybe he's not up at the the TJ Watt, Miles Garrett level yet, but he's right below them. And I think uh, he's going to have a chance as that bona fide number one guy to really show people what he can do. Um, I think he's in for a hell of a year. I'm sure we'll get into the edge rushers later, but he's going to need some help to keep him fresh. You know, right now the Packers don't really have anyone proven to spare him of of his snaps. He played 63% of snaps last season. So if they can keep him fresh and not be forced to play him 
like 70% of the snaps, uh, which might wear him out. I think he's, he's in for a pro bowl, all pro type season. I'm going to, I'm starting off with a hard hitting question here for you, Matt. So I think it was last summer you had uh, the socks and Crocs uh, fiasco, right? You're well known for wearing track suits. You recently talked about growing a Matt Carpenter esque stash. Are you just, are you looking, is my question. Are you looking to be bullied? Like, are you, like, are you actively trying to get people to bully you? Well, I, I think the the track suits are done. Okay. Um, I don't want to say I felt stupid, but uh, <laughs> I kind of did doing that. Yeah. So those are very much in the past. I, honest, I, I don't do the Crocs to get a rise. Like, uh, sure, I did the track suits to maybe get a rise out of one or two people. I don't do the Crocs to get a rise out of people. Like, I've worn them since then. I'm not looking for Aaron Rodgers to notice it. I literally just think it's really comfortable. I wear them all the time. They're the easiest shoe to put on. I'm a lazy sack of shit. I'm sorry for cursing, but I don't want to like bend down and put a sneaker on. I just want to slide a shoe on. So I'm going to keep doing that. That's not for attention. The mustache, you know, I'll do anything to help my team get wins. And I grew up a, a diehard New York Giants fan, but, you know, covering the NFL has, has kind of taken the fan out of me for football. I grew up a diehard Syracuse basketball fan since my dad went there, but covering them uh, when I was a student there kind of took the fan out of me. The Yankees are all I have left to be a fan. And mustache, if that's the way to go to get them a World Series, I'll do it. Um, Also, I put a wager on Cam Smith to win the Open Championship before the tournament started, and he won. So the mustache is also, uh, I obviously don't have one now, I shaved today, but the mustache is also to honor him. My thing is, if I do wear a mustache, it like I don't deserve to be walking in the public with it on. It looks really bad. <laughs> I would probably only do it in my apartment for like a Yankees playoff game and then shave it before I left my doors because it looks really, really bad. But it's on the table. We're going to need pictures if that happens, man. I don't think I'm going to take any pictures. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious. So the other day you wrote a great story about the mascot that got just absolutely trucked by A.J. Dillon. And I appreciated that you dug into the backstory there. Curious how much you would have to be paid to compete in the Oklahoma drill with him. Yeah, I know. I tweeted that I wouldn't take 50K. Listen, congrats to that kid. So, yeah, I I reached out to the Kenosha Kingfish marketing guy and was like, can you get me on the phone with whoever the mascot is? Everyone's asking, like, who is this kid? Is he okay? Why'd this happen? And, you know, that's why they pay me the the small bucks is to find this stuff out. (laughs) They don't pay me the big bucks, at least, you know, uh, I'm not going to talk about how much I make, but, um, that's my job. I got to get to the bottom of the bottom of these stories. He's five. His name is Trey Meyer. He's a rising junior, uh, at UW Milwaukee on the cross country team. Five, nine, one fifty. gets paid twelve fifty an hour to, to be the mascot. He only goes on weekends. It's his summer internship. Um, so if a guy who's five, nine, one fifty just gets a little bit of wind knocked out of him, I'm six, one, one seventy five. That makes me think I'd be okay. But I'm also very skinny and lanky, and I feel I would get the wind knocked out of me. I'd be sore. I might break a rib. Like, it's very possible. A.J. Dillon's six feet tall, 250. He's got shoulders that are bigger than my legs. Like, it's – I would be scared. And, you know, you know, when you're in a car, and they say not to brace for a car crash because you want to be loose. You don't want to be tense. <laughs> 
I might have just made that up, but I think the same thing is like if you're getting ready to be hit by AJ Dillon, you don't want to be tense. Um, NFL defenders can get hurt when he runs into them. It would probably have to be over. I don't know. I'm not wealthy, so I, I probably I might have been exaggerating when I said I wouldn't do it for 50k. I would probably do it for 10k. Okay, but that's fair. That's, that's a minimum because I would really get hurt. Just say maybe smuggle some pillows in the suit or something like that. <laughs> no, I, I'd have to because my chest could not take that hit. <laughs> we had somebody send in a question a few months ago that said, "Would you rather be trucked by AJ Dillon or have to try to tackle Devondre Campbell?" And yeah. I was very firm that I would just do anything to avoid uh, getting hit by AJ Dillon. And after seeing that video, was so glad that that was the take that I had because that just looked horrible. Yeah, try to tackle Devondre Campbell or Devontae Adams? I think it was actually get sacked by Zadarius Smith, I think is what, That's it, was. what it was. It was That's get sacked was. by Z or yeah. try to tackle Dylan. My answer was Dylan because I could at least try to get out of the way a little bit and kind of side tackle him. But after seeing that video, I definitely I questioned my decision for sure. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, that mascot, he didn't, you know, in an Oklahoma drill, you're supposed to both run at each other. He just stood there. I'm not saying it would end up any better for me if I tried to run at him. It might be worse, actually. But whatever deal deals me the least amount of physical contact is what I'm signing up for. Yeah, that's fair. That kid got smoked. So yeah, he really um, did. <laughs> uh, with with camp coming up here, are there any battles that you're like intrigued by? Want to see like how it plays out, or or anything along those? I like. Is there anything that's catching your eye before camp starts? Yeah, so let's go th- wide receiver. I don't think there's really any battles. Um, it, it's just you know who can emerge as the top guy, or can Sammy Watkins you know live up to all this hype that Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers are putting on him? I really think there are six locks to make the team at wide receiver. Uh, I know I'm kind of going around your question right now, but just going through the positions to see if there are any battles. I think Lazard, Cobb, Amari Rodgers, Watson, Dobbs, and Sammy Watkins are all virtually locks, you know, just hearing how they talk about Sammy Watkins. Um, so maybe that's only six that make the team tight end. There's not really any battles. I'm not going to say Tyler Davis or Josiah DeGuar. Nobody is intrigued. I mean, maybe some people are intrigued by that battle, but we're talking like battle battles um, for, for starting positions. Let's see. I would probably say right tackle to start the season. Um, you know, Yash had to play left tackle during the offseason because Bakhtiari wasn't practicing, assuming Bakhtiari is back. We don't know if Yash can play right tackle. You know, we think he can because he did a serviceable job at left tackle, but, you know, they tried Cole Van Lannan and Royce Newman at right tackle in, in the offseason. We don't know if Sean Ryan or Zach Tom is going to get a chance there. We think it's Yash Nyman, but I'm assuming it will be. But I think there are going to be a couple guys there who get a shot. And until Elton Jenkins comes back, and when he does, I think he'll play right tackle. Um, I, I'm going to have my my eye on that because, as we all know, a 38 year old back to back MVP is only as useful as he can be if he's if he's upright. And he's had pretty good uh, protection there the last couple seasons, whether it's Brian Balaga, Billy Turner, whoever. Um, and he needs that again this year. 
I'm going to stick with wide receivers. I know you just mentioned the, the basically six locks on the team and that, that, that feels about right. Um, but with the, as far as I know you talked about Sammy Watkins and you talked about that on, I think the last head of the pack episode you had as well, kind of talking about how highly they're speaking of him and who knows what all that means or anything. But in terms of like number one, number two, number three, we don't really know how any of that's going to look. I know Lazard's right. been talked about as the one, but whatever, but how do you like, how do you see if we say like, I was going to say barring injuries, but I kind of bank I'm baking that in for Sammy Watkins at this point. Uh, how do you see the wide receiver room shaking out in terms of hierarchy, say like one, one through three, since they run a lot of 11 personnel there beginning yeah. of the year. And do you anticipate that changing by the end of the year as a, as like say Christian Watson perhaps gets a little more comfortable or anything like that? Is that, do you, do you have any, any feel for, or any even thoughts about how that might shake out? Yeah, I think the top three to start the year will be, uh, the three veterans, Lazard, Cobb, and Watkins, if um, they don't sign Julio Jones. And I'm going to still float that out there because of Do something it. I was told until he signs elsewhere. Now, sure, it could not happen because if the Packers stay healthy and, and a receiver from another team gets hurt, he's going to get more money from that team probably. So he's wise not to sign with a team until midway through training camp. Um, I think Watson and, and Dobbs might not get – they're probably not going to throw the kitchen sink at them right away, but they're going to need to be called on probably sooner than uh, rookies typically are in a Packers offense led by Aaron Rodgers. As we all know, rookies haven't exactly thrived. They haven't really had to because, as as we know, you know, Devontae had Jordy. Jordy had Greg. I mean, by week four or five, if Randall Cobb is, is showing his age and Sammy Watkins has an injury and Alan Lazard's just – kind of being that role player that he always has been and doesn't rise to that number one role, it could be time for a Christian Watson or a Romeo Dobbs. So I think it, maybe week five or six, we should we could start seeing them rising up the pecking order. But I think at least to start, uh, they're not going to set the expectation too high for these rookies if they don't have to. Like Quay Walker ran with the ones during the offseason, but he had to. They don't really have anyone. Yeah, Chris Barnes, but they don't really have anyone else at the position to run with the ones Devontae Wyatt did not he wasn't even on the same field as the starters because they don't need him to yet Dean Lowry's been there and done that even he wasn't practicing but Jaron Reed uh TJ Slayton like these guys have done it before and they don't need to force feed these rookies everything so I don't think they're going to do that with the wide receiver rookies to start but their hand might be forced by say week five or six Kind of building on the point of some of these battles and different position groups, curious from your perspective and kind of having an inside look at the team, who do you think heading into this season is the most underrated player on offense and then on defense too? Good question. I I think most underrated player on offense, I'm going to go John Runyon Jr. His numbers were pretty darn good last year um, in terms of sacks allowed, pressures allowed. I think. He only allowed 18, it might have been 18 quarterback hits. No, not 18 quarterback hits. It was 18 pressures all season, if I'm not mistaken. I looked that up for my offensive line preview a couple weeks ago. I might be a little off. I think he allowed six quarterback hits. Yeah, okay, so it was two sacks, six quarterback hits, and 18 pressures all season. And he played well over 1,000 snaps, played the second most offensive snaps uh, behind Royce Newman of anyone on the team. I think he's the most underrated guy on offense. Um, they're going to need him to start at left guard, at least to start the season. I'm assuming even when Elton comes back, I, I don't think they would put Elton at left guard if, if 
Runyon's playing well. Like I said, I think they'll move him to right tackle. Um, on defense, I, I, maybe it's an easy answer. I think it's Adrian Amos. I don't want to feed into like how much attention does this guy get nationally, but he doesn't get any. And, and he's a guy that doesn't really do anything flashy, but he doesn't miss any games. Like He literally hasn't missed a game since he signed with the Packers. He doesn't really give up that many explosive plays. He's a really good tackler, um, and the cornerbacks are going to get all the hype this preseason, that that trio. Devondre Campbell, obviously, coming off his all-pro season. Kenny Clark is going to get the hype. I don't think any other defensive linemen behind him are worthy of most underrated, even though Dean had a good season last year. Um, so I'm going to go with Adrian Amos, most underrated. All right, I'm going to take it to a different uh, – we, we always talk food on this podcast. So I actually got DM'd a question from somebody uh, about – He's coming from the East Coast, never been to Green Bay, but him and his girlfriend are coming to Lambeau for the first time ever during training camp, and mm-hmm. he wanted to know some good places to go eat, and I had nothing for him, so I was like, dude, I'm really sorry, but like the last time that I was in Green Bay, I went to the Quick Trip, and I got <laughs> a double cheeseburger and a beer for the way home, and that, that's my best. So is there like a, a spot in Green Bay that you like to go to that you feel is like you know, kind of off the beaten path or a little underrated. That's just like a good mom and pop spot or anything. Yeah. Real off the beaten path. Um, there are actually a couple of them around here. It's called Culver's. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, (laughs) I had it today. Actually. I just finished my double cheeseburger about 20 minutes ago. Honestly, I think the way to go, if you come to green Bay, don't mess around with like the mom and pop stuff, go to the Krolls, go to the, go to the Culver's. I know Culver's isn't just a Green Bay thing, but if you come to Green Bay, like get fat, get the cheese curds, get a double cheeseburger. Like if, if I don't know where he's coming from on the East coast, I come from the Connecticut, New York city area. We don't have Culver's there. I'd never had a cheese curd before I moved to Green Bay. Like you got to indulge in the local, the local flavor. Don't try like a diner or like there's this really nice Al's hamburgers right down the street from me here in downtown. Yeah, it's a nice local mom and pop place, but you can get a, a cheeseburger like that probably somewhere else. You can't get a Culver's cheese curd anywhere else. A butter burger. Feel you want to feel like crap after you eat in Green Bay. So I would say go to Culver's. That's a terrible suggestion if you're looking for a mom and pop place. I don't really get out to the mom and pop places. I keep it simple. I go to Fresh Time for my groceries. I go to this place called Chipotle on Oneida Street and Culver's, and sometimes Panera. So just keep it simple. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
we actually have Culver's here in Kentucky. And so if I feel like feeling terrible, that's where I go. And I never <laughs> regret it. And I somehow always regret it. Yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick with wide receivers, man, because I can't get off wide receivers. You brought up Amari Rogers earlier, which I know there's been a lot of talk about him. I was huge when they drafted him. Um, I'm still a huge fan of him now. Uh, I know he had a less than ideal uh, rookie season, but as, as me president of the Amari Rogers fan club, my mm-hmm. question is, what's the buzz around him? Because as, as early as even like a month or two ago, not you, but it seemed like the general consensus was people saying like, well, he might be fighting for a roster spot. I never felt that was yeah. true, but just based yeah. on draft position and based on his, uh, we'll say, uh, pedigree and makeup and all of that stuff. But is there any buzz around him? I've seen some workout stuff, but kind of what's, what's the feel um, that you have for him this year? Yeah, I never thought he was in danger of, you know, being cut. I mean... A, even if he was totally washed and the staff had no confidence in him whatsoever, Brian Gutekunst would not admit that he made a mistake this early into his career. Like, they knew from the start Jay Sternberger had nothing. But they didn't, you know, (laughs) they didn't pull the trigger on him that quick because Brian Gutekunst does not want to admit that he made a mistake drafting him. You know, Amari Rogers, uh, it's cliche, but he just had no confidence last year. And that's something Jason Vrabel said. Normally when you bring up confidence or effort, it's so cliche. But like, if you look at that Cardinals game when he had to play, I think he had a drop on a screen pass early in that game. You could just tell the lights were too bright for him. I remember sitting up in that press box watching like, this moment is too big for this kid. And like against the Chiefs, when he returned that punt and Malik Taylor kind of got too close to him, he was just indecisive. He was in over his head. I think... Well, I know they're going to give him another shot. I don't know if he's going to get more reps, especially if you know Aaron Rodgers is going to want Randall Cobb out there, obviously. Uh, I think they like Romeo Dobbs as a return guy, so I don't know if Amari Rodgers is going to lose his job there. But um, he's going to get another shot. Jason Vrabel said you know, he, he looks a lot more confident. He looks a lot better physically. That's something he talked about, too, when we talked to him a couple months ago. And, and sometimes just getting that sense of failure is what you need. I'm not comparing him to Devontae Adams. I Listen, to say he'll become Devontae Adams is unfair to place those expectations on him. But if anyone knows that rookies can struggle in their first year when drafted high at the wide receiver position, it's Packer fans. Just because you struggle in your rookie year and are in over your head, it's not a big deal. Um, they were able to get by without him. I think he's going to get maybe a bigger workload, um, and don't write off Amari Rogers just yet. Dusty's thrilled to hear that. That's, that's exactly <laughs> that what I wanted to hear. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> kind of going back to you in the beginning of the conversation that we had about your style and your fashion choices, you seem to be very proud of that and your fashion. So if you could pick one Packers player to be your personal stylist, Ooh. who would you pick and why? You know, not Aaron Rodgers. Definitely not. Um <laughs> Why not? He just, uh, I mean, he just, he just doesn't, I don't think he cares enough about like what he wears. Like, sure. He cares about his image, but you know, it, I, the team didn't post, at least I don't recall seeing as many like walk-in videos or entrance videos. So I wasn't able to get a great look at, at fashion, but one guy who stuck out to me is Preston Smith. He always seems to be, you know, dripped out in, in, he wore like a, a really expensive chain to a press conference last year after a game. I remember talking to him about that. I would probably pick him. I like to to style it up for games, wear a nice suit, not only because I have to be on TV after most games, but 
Because listen, I love these guys, but Bill Huber looks like he's doing yard work when he when he comes to games. Jason Wildy looks like he just I shouldn't say that, Bill. Bill wears a nice collared shirt and jeans. Wildy rolls up like he just got out of bed. Like, come on. And I love both those guys. And Wildy's sensitive, so he's going to get angry at me for saying that if this gets back to him. Please don't tweet at him. Um, <laughs> Bill will probably have a better sense of humor. A better sense of humor. Jesus Christ. Humor. Um, <laughs> Domovsky has to wear suit and tie because he has to be on TV. And those are the three guys I sit next to in the press box. But Wildy's excuse will be, I just came from coaching my daughters in basketball. Dude, just bring like a, a change of clothes. Don't roll up in your like, Oregon Ducks polo and and gym shorts. Have some respect for yourself. Listen, we know you're really good at your job. You're a legend of the Packers beat, but come on. I expect more from you. So no beat writers I would hire as my stylist. I would hire Preston Smith as my stylist. That was really mean. That's They're not going to be happy with me that I said that. <laughs> yeah, this is not the podcast that we, people that are listening to this, please don't like quote tweet any of like oh, you know the release it. of this and we don't need that we don't oh, well. we don't need that but um speaking of aaron Rodgers, this is this one just came up to me because you said he doesn't have the doesn't care what he wears did you have opinions on his tattoo you know <clears throat> my first thought was that he just wanted to get the best arm sleeve tattoo in the locker room because he was worried that i had the best one um <laughs> i'm actually c- completing my sleeve tomorrow and once again, do not tag my mother in this because she does not know, and she would be very against it. Like, all I have right now is my forearm tattooed. I'm getting the other side of my arm tattooed uh, fully tomorrow. Um, Mom, if you hear this, I'm sorry, but I'm 27. I can make my own decisions. So don't don't apologize. You own that, um, But I will say, I would love to know. Actually, I don't know if I would love to know. I feel if I asked Aaron what that tattoo meant, his explanation might take an hour and a half, but you know, I'm willing to listen. Um, that tattoo looks like it cost thousands of dollars and took a long time. It is very, very well done, very intricate, very detailed. Um, being an arm tattoo guy myself, I ha- have nothing but respect for that. If it helps him throw a football, I'm sure the Packers will be happy. If it helps him give better interviews, I'm happy. Um, if it keeps the Packers relevant and keeps paying my bills because he's Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> that's fine with me. Um, but I'd love to maybe get him off to the side at his locker, recorder off, compare arm tattoos, compare meanings. I'd take 10 seconds to explain the meaning behind mine. He would take 30 minutes explaining the meaning behind his. But listen, <laughs> I've had long one-on-one conversations with him before. They're fascinating. So sign me up for another. All right. Um <laughs> That's that's pretty impressive. My actual question, next question, is going to be, I talked about Rashawn Gary um, potentially getting locked up maybe this year. If it's not him, is there anybody, you, who do you think is that next guy in line that's going to get it? Is it Elton Jenkins or anybody else coming to mind? Yeah, Elton Jenkins, I think. And, you know, I, I think Elton Jenkins is wise to wait until after this season for a contract because his value right now is high, but probably not as high as it could be after this season. Like most of his snaps have come at left guard. He's coming off an injury. If he plays right tackle extremely well for the second half of this season, we all know tackle money is a lot more than guard money, um, especially if you play the position at an all pro level. So if I were him, if I were his agents, I would wait until after this season um, and hope for tackle money and, and hit free agency. And, you know, 
maybe not hit free agency if, if the Packers are willing to pony up the money before free agency like they did with Aaron Jones. But, um, yeah, I think Elton Jenkins should be next in line. Uh, here's hoping from the Packers' sake, at least, that uh, he doesn't have any hiccups like, <clears throat> excuse me, like Bakhtiari did. But, yeah, I, I would say Gary, Jenkins, Amos are the next three uh, extensions in line. I had this question asked to me yesterday. I was like, well, I'll just ask Matt because I'm lazy and I don't like coming up with my own questions. Um, and with the rookie, the rookie slotting system, you kind of, the, the, it's all a matter of time. Eventually this ends up happening, but is there any concern around the fact that Watson has not yet signed his deal? He's been at the OTAs and stuff, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like he's, he's been there. He yeah, just has been, not signed he's been, yet. He's been there. Yeah. Um, Bill Huber wrote a good story about this today. I haven't dove in, dived dove I don't know I should probably know since I'm a writer but um (laughs) Bill wrote a good story about that today so I can plug him since he helps me with my podcast he gets paid to do it so I don't know if it's helping but um he wrote a good story about that today about why Watson hasn't signed his contract what you should feel so uh go read that I don't think it's too big of a worry we've seen this before with guys um I would expect him to be there day one of camp uh, next Wednesday or whenever rookies report in the next couple of days, I think that is, I should probably know that too, but, uh, I, I sure. Yeah. The, the, it, it's complicated now, but I, I, at the end of the day, I don't think there's too much to worry about. What's your gut feeling on how many seasons Aaron Rodgers has left in green Bay? A lot of people have opinions about yeah, this. That's a good question. Um, gun to my head. You know, I'm going to take a cop out here. If they win the Super Bowl this year, which I think there's a chance that they do. I mean, they play in one of the worst divisions in football. They're going to make the playoffs easily, I think. And I have to qualify everything with I think because I said uh, Devontae Adams wasn't going to get traded, as a matter of fact. And I can't do that anymore. So um, if they win the Super Bowl, I think he rides off into the sunset. Now, I don't know. This is just me guessing. He's gotten angry at me before for reporting things about what he thinks and uh it not being true. So I think my guess is that if they win the Super Bowl, he retires. If they don't, he'll play again. But as he said, uh, this is a one-year thing. I know people are like, oh, two to three years of guaranteed money. We're not going to have to do this after next season. Yeah, we will. He came out and said that uh, essentially that we will because it's a one-year deal. He doesn't want to commit to anything right now because he doesn't know how he'll feel after this season, which is fair. If he says now I'm going to play two more years, but then after this season, he's it's like my body does, just doesn't feel the same. Um, you know, I don't have that same drive. Then he'll just look like an asshole if he steps away. So he doesn't want to set himself up for that. Um, gun to my head, if they win the Super Bowl, he, he leaves. Uh, if they don't, he stays. But I really do think another thing to think about, and this is not me trashing him. This is just the competitive uh, – drive in him if Tom Brady retires after this season I really don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to share a Hall of Fame stage with Tom Brady I think he wants it to be his 100%. moment as it should be he, he's earned that um, and Brady as he's also earned will be the headliner of whatever Hall of Fame ceremony he's in and I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to be second fiddle on that stage so um, I think he wants to be the main event like Peyton Manning was this past year um Charles Woodson was kind of the second in command, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it depends on how the Packers do and then also what Brady does. Still very early on with the rookies, but is 
seeing them so far, is there any rookie that you have like just a gut feeling about of like this this dude's different, like he's gonna be something good? Yeah, I, I mean, apologies to all the defensive guys because it's just impossible to tell. You know, like Kingsley and Agberry could be great, but he's not allowed to sack anyone. Uh, why is his name leaving me? Devontae Wyatt could be great, but we haven't seen him against like actual guys. And maybe this is me being a bad reporter, but I'm watching the, the starters most of the time and he wasn't playing with them. Um, Romeo Dobbs is my answer. I, I think it, it, I want to caution myself when I say he's made a bunch of good catches in one-on-one in team drills because it's sometimes three quarters speed, but he's probably the guy that stood out most to me this off season. Um, he's a lock to make the team. They're not going to cut a fourth rounder. I think he could have some opportunities like we talked about a couple weeks into the season. And if he can be the guy that can finally give them a jolt a la that those couple weeks of Tyler Irvin uh, on the return teams, fans are going to fall in love with him real quick. And and I think Rodgers likes him. I, I know there was a, a Nevada sports publication. I'm sorry I don't know the name off the top of my head who talked to Rodgers out at the Lake Tahoe golf tournament. And Rodgers was, you know, heaping praise on, on Romeo Dobbs. I think he seems like a, a really quiet guy who's just going to, this is cliche, but put his head down, go in the playbook. You know, he he has a really good understanding of the receiver history here. He knows he has big shoes to fill wearing number 87. So I would say Romeo Dobbs is someone that's caught my eye and a rookie to, a rookie to keep your eye on as, as we get into the season. All right, mine, I kind of want to, my last question, I want to dig into the the coaching a little bit. You know, there's been turnover on the offensive side of the ball for the first time really in the floor era. And there was, you know, Hackett and LaFleur kind of cooked all that stuff up together and Getzy as well. And it's LaFleur system, but I have a feeling he, you know, I think the the red zone, gold zone package, whatever was Hackett and third downs, I think was Getzy, if I'm not mistaken. It's still mm-hmm. LaFleur's fingerprints and all of that. But how much of that, feels like was like he really trusted those guys and it was more delegated to them as the years went on. I guess, I guess the question I'm trying to get at is does the floor pick up maybe more of that, take a little more interest in some of those areas now with guys like Stenovich uh, kind of in there as opposed to Hackett? Yeah, I've been asked that question a couple times and you know, we'll have to see that's my cop out answer. But if I were to say, I, I, I would guess that LaFleur is going to take on more responsibility. I'm that's not saying Adam Stenovich, uh, can't do it, or John Dunn, the new tight ends coach, can't do it because Justin Outen had a big role in the in the offensive game planning. Um, that's not saying Tom Clements will have no role, but I think Lafleur will, you know, take on some of that. Rogers might take on a little bit more. I don't think Hackett and Getze are massive losses just because they're kind of secondary guys in that offensive room. And anytime you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be doing a lot of it himself anyway. But there are certainly big losses from a personality standpoint, a chemistry standpoint. And and certainly I think the head coach and quarterback will probably have a little bit more on their plate. Again, not because Stenovich and Tom Clements don't know what they're doing, but just because the other guys have had three years kind of working together, knowing what each other likes. And it may, I'm not saying it will, but it may take maybe more than just a couple weeks in the off season to have those other guys you know, right on the same page because I obviously Stenovich is more involved in the offensive game plan now than he was as the O-line coach, even though he was the run game coordinator. So I'd say probably more on the shoulders of LaFleur and Rogers, which uh, I think they can handle uh, based on what we've seen from them. All right. Our last Packers related question before we shift into the, some of the final fun questions. 
Um, and it's which away game are you looking forward to most? Obviously not the London game. I feel like that's everyone's top yeah, that answer was gonna for be this my answer. year. Um, <laughs> but outside of that. That's a good question. Um, let me go through them. And I'm, gonna, I'm pulling up my phone because I'm looking at all the away games because I don't want to miss any. And I want to give an actual answer. I think I know what my answer is going to be, but hold on. Let me pull up the schedule. Okay, so I'm not going to any of the preseason games. Minnesota, I love Minnesota Stadium, but I've been there a bunch before. So not that. Tampa, that's so hot. I've been there before, no. Um, <laughs> London, yes, but that's a cop-out. At Washington, no, that that stadium is going to be leaking something on, on the press into the press <laughs> box probably. So no, at Detroit, uh, I've been. Uh, I like their stadium. I'd like an indoor open press box. No, um, at Philly, I've been there once, but it's a closed press box, and I'm a big closed press box kind of guy. I am looking forward to that game because um, it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and my family hosts Thanksgiving in Connecticut, uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving every year. So I'm going to be able to go home, hopefully a day early to attend Thanksgiving with my family and USA England in the, I'm a big soccer fan. So USA England in the world cup is that Friday. So I'm going to be, my family's hosting a watch party for that. So I'm going to be able to go to that. Uh, and then my brother lives in Philly. So my whole family is going to be coming to that game. So leader in the clubhouse, Eagles, bears, no, their press box is terrible. Um, Oh, at Miami on Christmas, that is a strong contender. So I, I'd say it's split between at Miami on Christmas and at Philly the Sunday after Thanksgiving with an edge to uh, Philly the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Well, it's about time to go into the good stuff because we we all know Packers stuff is great, but to really get to know Matt, we need to talk about, about food. Yep. And uh, so the first question got from Brian Harstead uh, on Twitter, and he wants to know, what food is better the second day as a leftover, and what food is uneatable the second day? Wow, that's a good question. If you need a little time, we can start with the with the no, other team, because they probably... Uh, okay, give me a second, because I, I don't want to just give a cop-out answer, because these are the important questions. Nobody cares about the Packers. <laughs> Everyone cares about this. Exactly, exactly. This is I'm, why they I'm, actually I'm listen to I'm literally looking at my ceiling for answers right now. <laughs> Okay, so you guys are answering. Okay, yeah, we'll look at room two. Yeah, I, so I've got my my day after is gumbo. Uh, everything kind of sits, the spices settle, everything tastes a little better the second day. So better the second day, I'm gonna go gumbo. Also could have gone chili probably, but I just had some mm-hmm. gumbo. And I, it's it's just amazing. Uneatable BLT. Like any kind of sandwich, really, because, oh. I mean, what what the hell are we doing here? I was going to go hamburger, but you can, like, kind of take that out. And air fryers are a little more forgiving, but I don't know. Maybe, like, I would rather die than eat a day-old BLT. Like, the, the, you can't. You I, can't, I wouldn't you can't go that far. That's a, little, that's a little extreme. <laughs> still, still a BLT. I would. I, I, would, would. Say, I would say French fries are the impossible food. Sorry for blurting it out. It just came to my head. <laughs> I would say French fries are the food that you cannot. They, like, you can't eat them an hour after. I don't have an air fryer. My rule of thumb is I cannot associate you, be friends with you, do anything with you if you do not get that right hand into the passenger seat, into the McDonald's, Wendy's, whatever bag, and get mm-hmm. a couple of French fries while they're still crispy and hot before you leave the drive through line. Mm-hmm. You got to do that. So I would say French fries are the food you cannot wait for. Um, the food that's better the next day, 
you know, I'm a fan of cold pizza, but I still think it's better hot. So I'm not going to say that. Um, let's see. This might be controversial. I, I don't think it tastes better the next day. It doesn't lose flavor, but there's nothing better getting a big ass burrito from like El Serape or one of the good Mexican joints here in town. You can only have half of it because it's so big. And then I wake up the next morning. I, I'm like, what am I going to eat? I look in the fridge. I have a good burrito, heated up a little bit. It's not stale. It's not, you know, sloppy. It retains its shape. So I'd say burrito is something you can really afford waiting on. So it's kind of like gumbo, right? Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Just like it. Just like it. <laughs> yeah. For, for me, what food is better the second day? I am a big fan of leftover hibachi. Like if you go to a Fujiyama's okay. or a Kobe and then there's leftovers, it always just hits the next day. I love it. I mean, it's good when you have it, but leftovers are also awesome. And then what food is uneatable the second day? I would say like pasta or anything with a lot of sauce on it. I hate when you heat something up and it already has sauce on it and then the sauce just dries and it, it's not very good. Ooh, and That's a good one. That drives me crazy. And also if it's in a Tupperware or a plate, then it stains it and it's red or whatever color the sauce is. And that drives me crazy because I can never get the stains out. My mom told me never to put Tupperware in the microwave. Is that true? Are you not supposed to do that? I think it leaches uh, like BPA into the food or something. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I've heard. Like like trace glass. amounts. You should go with go with glass bowls. Yeah. All right, then I appreciate my mother for looking out for me. <laughs> I'm in trouble then because <laughs> I do that all the time. Uh-oh. Yeah, you're never supposed to really reheat plastic stuff. Uh-oh. Well, life lessons. There you go. <laughs> you, you guys uh, might need a third a third co-host soon. I'm I'm willing and able. <laughs> <laughs> If the youngest one out of this group can't outlast Dusty and I, that's a bad thing. That would yeah, be seriously. terrible. I've got like two um, good years left here. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, let's see. Food. I actually like Subway the second day around. I don't eat a lot of Subway, but I feel like when you eat like half one, Dusty's face is like puking, which is about right for no, him. No, we need a we need a third co-host now after, after <laughs> I, whatever I, he I, just said. I save Subway a lot too because when I get footlongs, like mm-hmm. I did this literally yesterday. Like I got a foot long. I wasn't that hungry. I knew I could only eat half of it. And then I had the other half for dinner and it was still really good. Eh. Subway's fine. It gets a lot of hate. I mean, it's not the best, but it does get a lot of unnecessary hate. But I mean, it's a good like, you know, for when you're just by yourself and you just need dinner and you get a foot long sub. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's not bad. And then uneatable stuff. Like I think you guys said, like if you get like a hot sandwich, uh, like a burger, like a, a patty melt or something along those lines. And then all of a sudden, like those grease gets like soaked into the bun. Yeah. And like, there's, there's no coming back from that. Like there's no coming back from that at all. So let's see. Next one. We've got Felix versus rotor. This one is really cool. Cause this dude what? literally created a, a Twitter account to get in touch with the pack a day podcast team. Uh, so he's a, he's a German guy and he wants to know this is his first ever chance to buy an NFL ticket. What's your favorite German oh. food? I thought when you said his name, that was the question. No, that's his. Uh, that's his handle. Felix versus Rotor. Felix v Rotor. Yes. Oh, I thought you were saying who do I choose, Felix or Rotor? I was like, what's that? <laughs> well, sure, we can take that one too. Two questions Sorry, and what, your favorite what, German food. My favorite <laughs> German food. Oh boy, what? Uh, I I don't 
I probably have had German food. I, I don't know what qualifies as German food coming off the top of my head. Um, name a couple things, and I'll tell you if I've had them. Okay. Bratwurst uh, is German. Brat, brat, you know, <laughs> I'm going to get shit for this, but... Sauerkraut. The, the only real brats I've had, and maybe these aren't even real brats because I don't know where they get them, but are the ones they serve in the press box. I'm a big hot dog over So like Brock Clements? Pie. Yeah, I really am not a fan. Um, maybe that's just a press box brat and I need like an actual one, but I, I haven't yeah, bought into brats Yeah, just go out and mingle during like the tailgates. Somebody yeah. will give you a free one and just, you know, talk to a couple of people if they've, you know, parboiled them or, you know, boil them in, yeah. in Belgian beer for a couple of days or, you know, whatever. Like there's some good ones out there. Yeah. All right, I'll do that. I'll mooch mooch one off someone. Exactly. Uh, Sarah, Dusty, you guys got any of your favorites? Go, uh, go schnitzel and spatzel. Yeah, mine I, would. Be I schnitzel. couldn't even tell you what that is. <laughs> it's delicious, Matt. The fried <laughs> pork. Yeah. Yeah, it's like breaded. It's really good. Yeah, and it's like a pasta kind of almost thing. Like, yeah, it's should go. Uh, actually, um, the horse and plow and Kohler. The at the destination Kohler. Go there. They've got some good German food there, and they have amazing cheese curds. Okay. I did when I worked at ESPN. They did a, a live show there. Uh, your good buddy Jason was there a few times, and so they would do a interview a Packers player, and then I would get free food. So yeah, go there. That's that's driving distance for you still. Excellent. Um, next one we've got from Robin. Favorite fish to grill in the summer? Do you do a lot of grilling of fish, Matt? I don't do a lot of grilling period. I don't really do any grilling period. If I have, you know, I don't, I, I live on this. I'm not going to give away my exact location. If you have any crazy <laughs> people listening to you, but the building I live in has a grill, uh, down in like our, our common patio area. I like eating sausage a lot, like flavored sausage. I'm not going to go down to the grill. I'm just going to put them on my stovetop because it's a lot less effort and I'm a big, you know, taking the easy way out guy. Um, so yeah, it would probably taste better if it was on the grill, but I don't really care about that. I just want to be filled up when I'm hungry. So I put, uh, you know, sausage just in a, a frying pan and put it on the stove. People would probably hate me for doing that, but, um, yeah, if I, if I'm going to eat a burger, I'm going to go to Culver's <laughs> and if I eat sausage, <laughs> I'm going to do it in my apartment and not, take X number of floors down uh, to use the community grill. So no, I don't do a lot of grilling. My mom and dad grill salmon a lot when I'm home and that's phenomenal, especially with a little sprinkle of lemon on top. But no, I don't do much grilling by myself. And for I'll any, jump in here. Any, oh, any, any, you know, never mind. What I was about to say probably wasn't going to be funny. So I'm, I'm not going to say <laughs> it. <laughs> I think we have to hear it now. No, no, no I, we don't. <laughs> I was going to say that I'm totally with you. I also live in an apartment complex where I cannot have a grill and I just use my stovetop because I don't want to walk and use the community grill. Um, but I'll shout out my dad. My dad loves to – he goes on a big fishing trip every year in Canada and he catches walleye and he brings him the allotted amount that he can back. Um, and then we always – if I'm visiting my parents and the timing is right, we try to make it and it's always really delicious. So can't really do it on my own, but I would pick walleye if I had to pick something. Okay. 
I just go salmon. My grandparents used to go out west to Montana every single year and they'd bring back fresh caught salmon. Um, so the salmon I can get now is nowhere close to that. Uh, but that's still, if I'm, if I'm grilling fish, I'm, I'm doing salmon on like the cedar planks. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to do anything, grab cedar planks. That's definitely mm-hmm. the way to go. But I'm going to do a cheap cop-out answer because I've actually smoked oysters on my smoker. And those were phenomenal. So a little bit of uh, garlic butter, a little bit of Parmesan cheese on top, and just a, you know in the smoker, like 200 degrees. Those, uh, those are really, really good. So not quite a fish, but I mean, it comes from the sea. So it's about the same thing. All right, we got one more question from uh, Matt Pickett. Wants to know, when you have a special guest visit your home, what's your go-to dinner that like you would make? Well, the spe- first of all, I don't have a home. Um, <laughs> when I, apartment when I have, is your home, Matt. Well, listen, I, don't have spe- I live in a studio apartment, so I don't have dinners here because that would be embarrassing. <laughs> what, that, that we're going to, you know, everyone sit, grab, pull up a chair to my bed, and we'll put food on there. No. You know, the, the dish we serve when people come over to my apartment is Miller Lite and High Noon because it's for a pregame if we're going out. That's the only reason people come over to my apartment. If if I had a hypothetical home, what am I serving? Ooh. I'm a big fan of, and this is one of my favorite dishes that uh, I get when I go home to Connecticut, is uh, a really good pasta spaghetti with meat sauce and clams all mixed into one. And then you put a really crispy, cheesy garlic bread on top. That's what I'm serving. That silence didn't make me feel good. You guys, <laughs> you guys hate me I think for we that. were all waiting for somebody else to answer next. Oh, yeah. so don't worry. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about it, and my decision is that I would eat that if it was in front of me. So I, I, I'm in, I'd be in for it, man. Um, That's fair. My mine, I typically grill because um, it's easy and I can do large amounts of food uh, while sitting outside and drinking beer, which is really all I'm really looking for. So I'll do burgers and brats, usually with grilled veggies um, or Steve, the jalapeno poppers, do some yep. jalapeno poppers wrapped in bacon. Do those suckers. Um, I've also started doing, I've talked about this before, I'll smoke uh, and do some smoke pulled pork that then you can use as a uh, pulled pork sandwich or as a topping for your hamburger, which is delicious. Mm. So that's the option I'll throw out there. And then I'll smoke some bacon as well. You get a really crisp and get the smoky stuff to it. So, I mean, it's meat. It's just a whole <laughs> bunch of meat is basically what I'm serving. Just an ungodly amount of meat. For me, I... Again, similar to Matt, I don't really have a home where I host a bunch of people. Um, and usually I'll take people out to eat if they come and visit me. But if I want to cook a nice meal for someone, um, like a chicken or steak, mashed potatoes, and then like, similar to what you said, Dusty, veg- like sauteed veggies and just kind of having a mix there, that's kind of my go-to. But um, it's not really like a big meal or fancy meal, but I also enjoy making pasta salad and seems to be a hit whenever I do that too. And especially in the summertime, whether it's 4th of July thing or a cookout or whatever it may be. Um, So again, not really hosting people, but those are things that I'd like to think I'm pretty good at making. No, that all sounds good. I'm I'm freaking hungry now. So uh, I think the the thing that I would be making would be uh, smoked ribs. I think that would be my go-to baby back ribs. Just sitting slow cooking for about five, six hours and, you know, all the sides that go with it, potato salad or mashed potatoes some cornbread, just 
like that's always a go-to and people always love them. So I think that's kind of where I would go. Um, before we go guys, I think that kind of wraps up all our questions. So Matt, as always, thanks. Uh, we love having you on. Um, always you know, we'll catch you next. We'll, we'll catch you next off season. Obviously we know you're busy during the <laughs> season, but, uh, no, thank you I'm, so I'm much really for coming. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, if you want to invite yourself on for, during the season, we'll take you too. That's cool. <laughs> Listen, you, you know, how to um, find me. I have nothing. To, I'm a single 27 year old who lives in Green Bay. This is what I do. This is what I enjoy doing. <laughs> is talking about the Packers. Like that's it. All right. Invite, please right, invite me on to your podcast. <laughs> Tuesday nights have definitely improved now for Matt. Okay, good to know. I play in a nightly poker game on Tuesday nights. It was actually moved to Wednesday this week because a lot of the people I play with are MLB beat writers and they're covering the All Star game. So normally I'm booked on Tuesday nights because I'm stealing, not stealing, but winning money off my friends. But um, uh, any other night I'm open. Okay. Good to know. We'll we'll get you on there. Well, hopefully we'll get you on during the season two then. Um, But before we go, we always kind of like to give everybody the floor if they've got, you know, articles coming out, podcast, other podcasts are doing whatever it is. But the floor is yours for uh, a couple minutes just to promote anything you got or talk about anything that's on your mind. Yeah, well, the – one story that I have coming out tomorrow, it's a special teams positional preview. You probably shouldn't read that because uh, <laughs> it's a special teams positional preview. I, it's my, if my boss has listened to this, they'll probably get angry at me for telling you not to read my work. I was going to say that. Listen, listen I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's probably not going to be my most read story that I've ever written in my three years on the beat. Um, but once we get into camp, we'll have the profiles going. We'll have daily stuff. The last couple of weeks have just kind of been getting to the finish line, milking every last ounce out of the offseason that I can. So nothing too big right now. Uh, there's one story that will be really fun if it happens, but I'm still waiting for approval from the player I want to do it with. So I don't want to say what it is in fear of it not happening. Uh so there could be something coming down the line. And then if it doesn't happen and I write another good story with a player at some point in training camp or early in the season, I'll just say it was that story. So uh, <laughs> it's a win-win for me. Very cool. We'll make sure everybody's doesn't read the, the article about special teams and looks yep. forward to the, the actual good articles you put out later, right? Correct. Exactly. Okay, good. All right, Dusty, Sarah, what about you guys? I'm working on, I don't think it's going to be this week. So I'm doing deep dives into some concepts and looking back at the same thing, Matt. I'm waiting for the season to start. And so I'm looking back on 2021 as much as humanly possible. So I've got, I'm trying to do a deep dive into the Devante stuff. uh, As far as what they could do, how that offense might look, how it's looked in the seven games without him in the floor era, and then how it looked with him. So I'm, I'm I'm caught in a loop right now where I'm just staring at, um, the same plays over and over again. And then also like uh, just too many pivot tables with a whole bunch of data that I've kind of collected and tagging things different ways. Uh, So I need to just do this because it's consuming my brain. So I think starting next week, I'm going to start doing uh, an article. I don't know if it's going to be one off or a series. I'm going to figure out when I start writing it. Um, Starting with explosive plays, basically how they got to explosive plays, how Devante won on those explosive plays versus how they kind of crafted these things uh, when he wasn't there. So 
that's kind of what the basis of what I'm looking at. And I'm just going to see where everything takes me. So hopefully that'll be starting next week on She Said TV. So I've got kind of a week where I'm just writing this week. So I've got nothing coming out this week. That's a big project that I've been working on for a while. So hopefully that's finally going to get out next week. But it sounds like we should hire you to write that for us. Hey, boy, that'd be nice. That'd be nice, Matt. <laughs> I mean, literally, I've, while this I've was all going on, I was going to be like, Matt, you guys should really hire Dusty, but still allow him to I've do the podcast. Like, like, literally, last last season, I told my boss, I was like, we need to hire this guy. And I'm going to try again I've, this season. I'm, I was talking to him. He, You know what I heard? I heard that everyone working there was already so good. They, they didn't need anyone else because they said Matt and Wildy were killing it, is what I've heard. <laughs> they said it was really was dressing so nicely um that that was that was exactly. kind of a put over the edge thing, so yeah i know they didn't say that <laughs> gosh i really hope jason doesn't listen to this <laughs> he probably won't uh, sarah what about you <laughs> Uh, for me, just want to give a couple shout outs. So shout out to Steve and Dusty for holding down the fort last week. I was working very late. So appreciate you letting me take the night off um, because I certainly needed to take care of other things. Um, but was sad that I couldn't join. So thanks for doing that and covering. And then thanks, Matt, for joining. We always have a good time when you come and it's good to see you virtually. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, very excited that you're on the beat another year. All of us are big fans of what you do, and I know a lot of people are. So appreciate you taking the time to come on. Well, thank you. It's a we, we always have fun here. It's always great to chat. Um, that's what I love about not just your guys' podcast. Probably your guys atop the list, but people just love the Packers, and you know it's my job. Like I said, you know whether it's at the bar or seeing someone at the airport, like talking Packers is what we love to do. Um, so it's fun. I enjoy it anytime. Yeah. Uh, just thanks. Thanks. A big thank you for coming on. We always appreciate it. Um, great stuff. Make sure you guys are following Matt at Matt Steinman. Got at Dusty Evely at Sarah Kelher for at C Peratch and at Packaday Podcast. Thank you guys for Twitter interactions again. We love the the Packer stuff, the food stuff, anything you got. DMs are always open if you ever need to talk. So uh, we will be back next week. And as always, go Pack Go. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done